This episode of Zdenek's English Podcast is once again sponsored by the Achievers Chamber. Tired of being stuck at the same level? B2 not good enough? Fantasy 1? Or how about taking it all the way to C2? Do you lack confidence speaking English despite being very high level? Are your listening and reading skills decent but your writing and speaking skills not up to scratch? Need someone to occasionally correct your grammar and pronunciation mistakes? Do you socialize with English-speaking people on a regular basis? Two words, Achievers Chamber. Join while it's still relatively cheap. You get tons of value. You can read more about the benefits in the description of this podcast or on teachersdenek.com. Shut up! I'm listening to Zdenek's English Podcast. You're listening to Zdenek's English Podcast, by far the greatest English podcast on earth for English learners since sliced bread. My name is Zdenek and I'm your host. Hi everyone, welcome back to Zdenek's English Podcast. Here is another episode for you. And as always, I've got a fantastic guest and Today, it's none other than Rhiannon. Hi, Rhiannon. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So I thought you would be a really interesting guest because I came across your podcast by chance and I thought, this is a, this is a great idea. So why <laughs> don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us about the podcast? Yeah. Hello, I'm Rhiannon. Uh, I'm an advanced English coach. I work with kind of C1, C2 level folk to get them feeling really great about their English. Um, and one of the ways I do that is through a deep talk discussion program and deep talk podcast. So the podcast that you found is for advanced English learners, although I've had people tell me that I'm intermediate and I really like it too. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I invite a different guest on every week. They pick uh, a general topic and then they find an article or a video that they thought was really interesting. And yep. we both watch it and we both talk about it. And it's pretty simple, but I think it's pretty great. <laughs> I think it's a really, as you say, it's pretty. It's like a straightforward concept. That's what yeah. I like about it. Sometimes these are the best, right? Uh, I often tend to overcomplicate things and I spread <laughs> myself too thin with all the projects I have and... I'm trying to cover too much ground sometimes and you know the simplest ideas are the best often. Um also I like the name Deep Talk. But the name is really deep. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find something that distinguished it from all the other kind of English language uh learning podcasts and to stand that was out. One. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I actually put it to a vote in a in like a teachers business group I was part of and mm -hmm. they were suggesting different names and somebody came up with deep talk and we ran with it it was really good that's cool yeah sometimes if you start if you want to start your podcast listeners what you have to do is a little bit of research or don't always try to do everything by yourself you know you can ask others you would be surprised how many ideas other people have <laughs> yeah and sometimes i think even just the act of telling somebody your idea in the telling you come up with five more ideas as you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. It. It's yeah. really useful to be able to bounce ideas off each other. And that's exactly what we are doing on this podcast. Because to be honest, I could say at this point that we 
are actually a competition because I also happen to teach high level learners. Most, most of my students are C1, even higher level sometimes. So um, I don't think we are a competition, are we? We're just- we are. We're all supporting <laughs> each other. <laughs> up, up. Why, why else would I have you on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> to sabotage me. You've got a trap lying in wait. <laughs> No, I think we can often as English teachers, we can benefit from each other's, um, what's the word I'm looking for, presence? <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we're all working towards the same goal. And when you work online, especially, I think exactly. you have to know that a lot of the people that you talk to will probably never become paying clients in that kind of competitive sense. We're all just voices that are helping people move along in their journey. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, Rhiannon, so uh, we haven't asked you where you're from. I mean, we can kind of guess it from your accent, but <laughs> tell us well, more. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but my accent is that very generic Southern British middle class educated accent. So it doesn't reveal that much. It kind of gets me down to an island and the bottom half of it. Um, but yeah, I'm from a city called Exeter, which is in the southwest mm -hmm. of England. Grew up there, was there until I was 18, and then I moved to Edinburgh to study at university. Okay. And I have been in a few other places, but since 18, Edinburgh has more or less been my home, and that's where I am now. Fantastic. And now let's move back to your podcast then, so Deep Talk. Um, yeah, so as the name suggests, I find that you often dive into topics that are deep, like as in often it's about politics and human rights and things like that i think yeah definitely this should always be talked about and i think people don't talk about it enough to be honest with you because it, it can it can divide us sometimes yeah often people just sort of avoid it because they feel that that's that's the safe route right yeah definitely and i think there is obviously there is a risk in these conversations and that's why i think it's especially important as high level as a high level english coach to help yeah. people have a safe environment to practice talking about this stuff because when you're out in the street talking with your neighbor or your colleague there is actually a social risk to having the wrong opinion or saying something in the wrong way and yeah. so to kind of have a bit of practice at getting it right where everybody knows that you're learning and they're not going to take anything kind of you know take offense to anything you say um i think is really important um, exactly. And also the way that the world is going, we need to know how to talk about these things and we can't yeah. just talk about them in our first languages because these are international problems and international situations. So I think even though I completely understand from a commercial perspective why the big ELT, English language yeah. teaching kind of organizations are avoiding these polemical yeah. issues, I get that. I still think that there is a real need for English learners to be equipped with the skills to to have these conversations. Totally. And that that's what they want, right? That's what they want. They want to talk about it. Absolutely. So, yeah. Why would you avoid it? Like even when I worked for a language school and obviously we had to use a course book. I'm sure you have a similar experience. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And these some of these course books were really good, but you're right. The topics of they are often generic there. They avoid certain topics i think we call it in elt we call it parsnip topics yeah. i don't know if you're if you're familiar yeah, yeah. with that 
Yeah, I think parsnip. It's is it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna forget about something, but one is politics, mm-hmm. alcohol, mm-hmm. Uh, sex, Relig- religion, religion. Uh, yeah. nudity, maybe parsnip. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Um, isms, so isms like sexism, yeah, racism, yeah, all yeah. That. Um, what's the last the one. Um, well, I can't money. remember what the M one is. Can't be now. money, right? Oh, oh no, meat. It's a, maybe parsnips. it's meat. I don't think I'm thinking about. Maybe no, it's meat. It's, there's no. no M in parsnips. I just can't spell. That's, oh, <laughs> that's why I can't remember an M. <laughs> I think I was distracted by the. I was ism. wondering where the M comes from. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, she must know what she's talking about. She's from she Deep doesn't. Talk Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I trusted no, you. That's just my spelling. That's just my spelling. <laughs> So it's the P at the end, right? Yeah. E. I can't remember what that one is either. Oh, pork. Pork, pork. yeah. That's what. That's why I said meat, yes. because I know there's meat as well. But... Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah. There was pork. a meat element. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it is easier, like, when you're self-employed, when you, like, do your own things, I think it's easier. Like, you get away with more than you would in a language um you know language school at a language school right so yeah my mum was a was a teacher in high school for her whole career and sometimes when I talk about what I do she applies those kind of state school rules to my job and it's like you can't talk about those things I'm like (laughs) I can because I I market myself as talking about those things people come to me to talk about those things It's okay, mom. You don't have to worry. <laughs> I think it makes absolute sense, and 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 that's how you stand out. And I think it's 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 great marketing, to be honest with you. I have to learn from you. I, I do this as well. Like I have a Discord group, my listeners know, called the Achievers Chamber, and we often delve into these topics as well. Not always, yeah. We have different lessons there and events. And sometimes when I feel like preparing a lesson on a topic like that, you know, I do it. Occasionally, it's it's something else, uh, mm-hmm. or another time is something else. I mean, sometimes it's more lighthearted. We don't. I mean, it's not always deep talk, but yeah. you are focusing on these issues. So, um, what was like? Let, tell us about the, the the latest podcast. What was it about? To just give us an example. Yeah. So the latest podcast was with a good friend of mine, and she for six years was volunteering with a food waste charity in London. Yeah. And they collect wasted food that is going to go to landfill from supermarkets and they create meals and then they have meals in the community. And so we talked broadly about the issue of food poverty, especially with the cost of living crisis that's happening in the UK at the moment and probably other countries, but I'm obviously most up to date with the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, So we talked about that. We talked about the difficulties of kind of feeding yourself nutritiously when you're on the very, very lowest kind of budget. Um, She herself had actually done what's called the breadline challenge. So the breadline is the kind of amount of money. It's like a a line (laughs) and above which you are able to kind of feed yourself well, below which you are kind of struggling to feed yourself. And she did the breadline challenge where she fed herself. I think her budget was something like 15 pounds for the Mm -hmm. week. Um, which actually is more than a lot of people have because they might have 30 for a family of three or four. Um, And she was talking about the struggles there. So that was what we got into in the last one. But in my first series, um, the guests so far are kind of people I know. They're gradually getting out into strangers as I get a bit more of an audience. Um, 
But no, it's what a great I... way to start for sure. Like I, I, I have listened to this episode. It was cool. Mm-hmm. You talked about the food banks as well. Yeah. And I've heard about the problems like because I listened to the LBC radio. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it, they talk about these things there as well. So I think uh, there's a nice overlap as well. Like if you yeah. listeners, if you are interested in uh, what they talk about uh, on LBC, then you might as well uh, subscribe to Deep Talk podcast as well. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite the same level of journalism, but sure, <laughs> similar I, topics and similar discussions. Well, I actually, I actually thought that there is a bit of that. Like I, it, it gave me the feel like I think from your jingle as well. It, it just, it just, it's just. The, the atmosphere it's sort of hmm it gives you that feel like it's, it comes from that environment a little bit there is a bit of like journalistic i don't know mood or vibe to it you know okay okay yeah. i like i'll take that i'll take that <laughs> <laughs> excellent yeah. yeah yeah but then that yeah that was the most recent one but we've had one of my pals um is a a minister in the church of scotland he talked mm-hmm. about how covid had affected death and grieving rituals because oh, yeah. he saw funerals change um in his job so that was really interesting one of um one of the other guests is a uh, lgbt activist in slovenia mm-hmm. and they yep. talked about what's happening with lgbt rights in slovenia and then eastern europe more generally mm-hmm. that was fascinating um I mean, another person had a master's in history and was talking about the tearing down of colonial and like slave trader statues yep. in the UK. I mean, the yep. topics are really broad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fantastic. So I highly, highly recommend subscribing to the podcast, The Deep Talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are watching this as a YouTube video, you will see it um, down here as well. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, where is it? Where is it? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that the camera, I think it's there is a mirror image or something. Right. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Rhiannon, Um Whenever I invite a guest onto the podcast, I also ask them to pick a topic. Not whenever, but often. That's how it goes. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, the topic of your choice is DIY. Yeah, yeah, which is a bit of a change from the topics we've just been list- listing. <laughs> I was telling, I was telling you before we before we went live, like when you asked me, my brain went completely blank. Of like, do I have any hobbies? What do I do? I think there's just something about the question of like, yeah, just anything you're into, anything you're interested. In. I'm like, I'm not interested in anything. <laughs> it often makes it worse, doesn't it? If you if you give people too much choice. You know, I often do it with my students. I have, hey, what do you want to talk about? I give give them a choice, and sometimes for some reason it it make puts people in prison. I don't know, restricts them. I don't know why. It's weird, right? Maybe maybe that you're putting you're putting them on on the spot or something. You know, it puts pressure on them. I I don't know what it what what is. There's also I think perhaps a sort of a social element of like, what is he going to think of me? What if I reveal something that's really important to me and he laughs and tell me that that's a stupid topic? <laughs> like like, like um, the, your favorite size of a wrench or something. Oh. <laughs> the favorite size of what? <laughs> wrench. Um, spanner. Sp- you call it spanner, I think, oh, in wrench. British English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrench, wrench is in American yeah, English yeah. spanner. Yeah, spanner in British yeah, English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I have opinions on tools. <laughs> We will get to that, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, I chose DIY because my partner and I bought a property three years ago. Okay. And being not 
we didn't have all the money in the world, so we had to make sacrifices. Mm. And yeah. when you when you're kind of buying a house, you know, you think about the location, you think about the size, you think about the kind of standard, the quality of it. And for us, the size was pretty important. Um, I mean, it's not huge, but it's it's well proportioned. Mm. Um, the location was really important because this was six months before COVID hit. We both yeah. had commutes and we wanted to walk to work. Um, so our commutes were kind of less than sort of 20, 25 minutes. That was really important to us. Mm -hmm. And we sacrificed on not having a kitchen for six months. <laughs> Where did you prepare your food? In this room. I'm I mean, I'm joining you from my office, which is our spare room. Okay. For six months. Maybe a little it's bit your, less. Than your spare room. I can see a bed there behind you. Is that is that yeah. not a bedroom? Is it's that a the spare room? It's the spare room. Okay. Spare room on that side of the room, uh, office space on this side of the room. But okay. for six months we had like a bookshelf with all of our food on it. Yep. We had a desk with a microwave and an electric hob. I mean, we didn't have crispy anything for six months because nothing was hot enough. We just couldn't get it hot enough. And that's what we sacrificed. Um, and yeah, we had a right doer-upper on our hands. We had a lot of work to do in this flat and we've mm. still not finished. <laughs> Three years later, there are still like whole things we haven't touched. So so that's where your love for DIY was was born, and I would use this this expression: necessity is the mother of invention, right? Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and also in this case, the mother of fascination and curiosity and interest <laughs> in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so that's how you got into DIY, and um, right. So I mean, a random question: like, how many tools do you have? <laughs> You know what? I have no idea. We don't we don't have all the tools that we would like because mm. we spend a lot of time Googling tools and ah. going, oh, how wonderful would our life be if we had this? <laughs> um, and there have definitely been like points halfway through a project where we've gone, oh, we should have just spent the money and bought this tool. Um, but so many tools do like one thing or two things. And then yeah. you're, and it's one thing if you've got, so I'm in a flat in a city mm. center. So we don't have a garage. We don't have any no. outside space. You know, we really don't have the kind of, um, we really shouldn't be DIYing for three years, <laughs> really. It's not the best setup. <laughs> but I was, I actually wrote in an email to my, to my mailing list uh, the other week. I was drawing a parallel between like English as a tool and yeah tools as tools yeah, um, yeah. and I was counting up my saws and for a household of <laughs> two adults we have four electrical saws three hand saws and oh, two no. like little jigsaws yeah, yeah <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember the names of saws that I know like jigsaw hacksaw yeah. right hacksaw yeah we have a hacksaw yeah yeah, yeah. got one of them got one of them and I'm, I'm and <laughs> got that's another it. one for tiles got another yeah. one we've got like a mitre saw which is the big one that you kind of pull down yeah. um to saw we've got uh, an electric jigsaw we've got um, what don't you have <laughs> oh do you know what i really want this has been on my christmas list for the last yeah. three years when we get a garage and outside space uh is a table saw 
I want to be able to just run a whole piece of wood oh and just my get God. a really straight edge along that, the of it. That, that sounds dangerous to me. <laughs> Is that one of those? Isn't it a, called a circular saw as well? Circular so a, saw. A circular saw is the one that you hold in your hand. We've got one of them. Don't you worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but the table saw would be where the actual blade is like sticking up, and you put the. I mean, yes, it's how you lose fingers. Not your hand, right? You <laughs> must not put your hand there. I mean, mm. I think there are even saws like that. I heard that there are saws which, which have a chip in them, which which sort of detect whether you're putting piece of wood there or plank or, or or whether it's that looks uh, like fingers we're gonna stop <laughs> <laughs> and then it's stopped by itself if it detects um oh, that's human human or uh, organs or limbs yeah. or something <laughs> to me it sounds very dangerous like with my with my um sort of attitude to diy which is you might be surprised but it's not as positive as yours <laughs> I would go as far as to say that I'm a bit of a but, uh, butterfingers. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be getting you on electrical saws. <laughs> no, that's not where I should start. Okay. No, no. In fact, Give me a spade or something simpler, you know, a pickaxe <laughs> or something like that. Something I, I can't. Like those are equally dangerous. Well, I can. I guess I can. <laughs> I can hex into my um, toe or something, but yeah. hack, hack, not hacks, hack. Yeah. I just yesterday was watching a TV show where a woman was killed by being hit on the head with a spade. So, you know, okay. dangers everywhere. I, so your favorite, I, I suppose your favorite film is called Saw as well. <laughs> 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 oh, All right. Yeah. Well, listeners, we are learning something about Rhiannon that wasn't even part of the plan. But, you know, <laughs> that's what happens on this podcast. It can be quite uh, random sometimes and revealing and <laughs> was that a freudian slip rihanna no i feel like i'm sharing too much of myself here <laughs> that means that means you're feeling comfortable on the podcast so i guess that's great. that's good that's good that's good for us <laughs> that's good Absolutely. for us so your favorite tool so we're talking about your tools and um i could ask you about your favorite tool then I, I suppose you're going to say a saw, but if, if not saw, what would be your second favorite tool? Ooh. <laughs> My favorite stage of the renovation so far is probably, and this is maybe sad, like the first week. It's kind of been downhill since then. It's very satisfying to like make things pretty and lay a floor and paint mm. walls and plaster mm. things. Like that's wonderful. But I really like the destruction side of renovation. So yeah. when we moved in, they had, to give you a picture, imagine like 1960s, 1970s decor, but not your kind of rich Austin Powers plush. We're talking like relatively poor <laughs> 1960s uh, renovation that had happened previously. So all of the walls were covered in these like laminate fake wood paneling that had like these printed knots. They weren't actual knots in the wood. Um, so the markings were very repetitive. So you stared at this huge wall covered in it and it was like your eyes could see the pattern of it. It was horrible, absolutely horrible. So our job for the first week or so was to get a crowbar and like hoik it all out 
and it was just all destruction and it was crowbar and it was putting your weight on stuff we had a suspended ceiling and we had to like tear it all down so i think a crowbar would be my favorite tool crowbar crowbar. also potentially a murder weapon in a crime yeah i wanted to say that as a gamer, I mean, this is like the first weapon you get access to in a like a three D shooter or something. Okay. Before you get before you get to a firearm, you first you have a crowbar or a club or something something <laughs> or simple. Simple, you, know? you can still <laughs> kill with it. It's a melee weapon. It's a melee weapon, so you can still kill with it, but it takes more effort. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Um, why do you think so many people dread DIY, including myself? I mean, it's messy. It mm. can often end up being more expensive than you expect. So you think, oh, I'll do it myself and save some money. Yeah. Um, and then when you factor in materials and time and potentially getting halfway through and realizing you don't have the right tool and what you thought would be good enough actually isn't good enough and having to go back to the shop, it's a nightmare. Hmm. I can and I can attest to that. I've been living this nightmare for three yeah. years. <laughs> I can I get really excited about it, but it's actually really hard work. And even if it's just, you know, as simple as putting up a shelf, yeah. depending on your property and what it's made of and all of that stuff, you'll manage to find a problem. <laughs> you think you're putting up a shelf, but you're actually drilling through your electrics and you've caused yourself yeah. a 700 pound electrician bill or whatever. <laughs> Um, so I think a lot of people's resistance to DIY is kind of justified in that sense. Mm. Um, but I think the big one is that people, um, and again, this does change culture to culture, but certainly in the UK, there yeah. isn't really a culture of doing things yourself. Mm. I, I mean, one of the reasons I loved my crowbar on week one was that I'd never owned a property before. I'd never been allowed to do any of this stuff Mm -hmm. because you're so worried as a renter about getting your deposit back. So you're not allowed. And again, it does depend on on the country you're in, but in the UK, you're not so much as allowed to paint walls without risking your deposit. You're not expected to change anything in your flat or house because no. it's not yours, right? So exactly. And you would have to get permission, and it's not it's not always easy. I mean, the, like small changes, like minor changes, might be might be granted, yeah. But when it comes yeah. to like big changes, the landlord wouldn't wouldn't want that, right? No, exactly, exactly. So there's like, especially because people are buying properties later and later. So I was 28 or 29 when we bought ours, which was you know certainly not old but that was 10 years of living in rented accommodation and being a little bit scared of like Mm. hanging up pictures because the holes in the wall from the nails would have potentially got me in trouble so a lot of it's overcoming I think that idea of like oh you're not allowed to do that Mm. and then on top of that there are skills that you have to learn and there are professionals who could do it for you and so again there's this idea of like am I allowed to do that for myself like should I not get a professional I should probably get a professional shouldn't I um and once you've done it a couple of times you sort of get over that idea like we paid for quite a few things that we've sort of said in our next place we Mm. might not like even just things like fitting a kitchen or fitting a bathroom like I think we could probably do that now We've got all the basic skills. It's just adding them up into a bigger project than we've ever exactly. done before. Yeah. Um, but you 
probably can't go from zero to fitting your own kitchen. No, no, because because you need first of all you need to buy those tools and you need to get those skills. So I I mean I guess some people they just watch some YouTube channels or there might be some books for dummies. You know, <laughs> I guess that's the way to do it. But then again, if it were me doing something like that, I would basically struggle with one thing and that's my impatience with my personality yeah so i tend to be quite impatient so when things don't go my way i often um find it hard to deal with it (laughs) (laughs) that is my biggest flaw when it comes to diy okay i'm I'm quite good at the stuff but i haven't got the patience to like see it through from the beginning to the end my partner on the other hand they're not so good at the visualization. They've got good mm-hmm. ideas, but it tends to be me that goes, we could do this yeah. and like radically change the plan. Um, but they are great at just sitting down for seven hours and doing it. <laughs> well, excellent. You complement each other. That's how that's absolutely, that's absolutely. ideal. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Okay, uh, so what would you say is your proudest DIY moment then? Is it something to do with your new house then? Yeah, I mean, it has to be to do with the new Mm. house because we haven't really done anything else. (laughs) That's all my DIY experience. That's how it started. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Ask me again in 10 years' time. Um, (laughs) Every 10 years. I'll ask you every 10 years, okay? An update. What's, yeah. what's, been, what's been happening? Um, around In our bedroom, when we were renovating it, we have our boiler in our bedroom because mm-hmm. our flat's a bit weird and that's the only external wall near the kitchen. Anyway, and obviously we didn't want in a beautiful, calming space, which is our bedroom, to be staring at this like ugly white boiler with pipes and stuff. Yeah. So I constructed the boiler house, which is a kind of, probably like eight foot tall cupboard that goes around and I built the frame and I attached it to the wall and I got all the sides up and I did doors with hinges and like I'm so proud of that like it's the sort of project which is pretty much every project in this house because it's our first where as soon as you've done it you've learned enough skills to if you did it again be able to do it so much better (laughs) So I look yeah. at it now and I go, oh, it's a bit wonky or I should have chosen different hinges <laughs> or I should have done this or I should have gone with thicker ply or, mm. you know, there are so many ways I could improve it. But it was the first yeah. big construction that I did. And I built a cupboard, you know, like I didn't put up a shelf. I didn't paint something. I didn't add something to something else. I didn't make a flat pack from Ikea. Yeah, I yeah. actually got the wood and the nails and I built a bloody cupboard. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can be <laughs> proud of yourself, absolutely. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I got to use all my saws when I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the right attitude. Like if you if you can see like how it could be improved in the future, you basically you learn from your mistakes and and um, you know if it's something that if it's something that excites you, you definitely do it better next time. Absolutely. Okay, so you also mentioned uh, Flatpak IKEA. It was one of the questions I wanted to ask you about. So, is that even 
is that even considered DIY? Because I, I've done this before, I have to be honest. <laughs> I bought some flat pack and <laughs> I, I didn't up? feel like it was DIY. I didn't feel like it counts. It counted. I don't know. So where do you where do you stand on that? Is that even DIY or is it just furniture assembly? It? Yeah, I guess yeah. for me it's not DIY. But mm. that isn't to say that it can't play a role you know, you don't have to make every cupboard from scratch. There are yeah. so many ways. I mean, I can't remember what it's called. Is it like IKEA hacks or something? It are ways to turn a piece of pretty standard IKEA furniture into something that looks more bespoke. Okay. So we haven't done it yet, but one of our plans for the bedroom is to get the kind of big packs wardrobes, you know, the ones where you can arrange them in like every which yeah. way. Get them from IKEA but we'll build a base and we'll attach them to the wall and we'll get trim around the edge so that it looks built in. Mm. Um, that's the plan. Because I think, I mean, I, Ikea or equivalents, I don't even know if there is an equivalent, Ikea pretty much dominates the market. Monopoly, they have monopoly <laughs> yeah. on that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They're fantastic. I think they're great. I mean, the quality is a bit dubious, but you can make the quality better by treating it well. And, you know, making sure that it, you know, you're not moving it from room to room every five minutes and kind of weakening the joints. I was I was going to say that now that we have mentioned IKEA so many times, we should perhaps ask them to sponsor us. But then then you use the word dubious. The quality is dubious. (laughs) Unfortunately, I can't anymore. I ruined that sponsorship deal. It was so close. I I can edit it out. You know, like. Maybe I can change the word dubious for something that sounds amazing. Similar. It has to be something that like you can um when the when you say that word, we can add it in the post-production. Okay, but then, my lips are still moving. Your lips, in the same yeah, way. it has to be a similar, similar sounding word. Okay, Curious. Maybe. Oh nice. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm still not sure that's a compliment for the quality of the material. Oh, it's better than dubious. Dubious that sounds more like dodgy, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um Rhiannon, if you were whisked off to a desert island, do you think you would do better than most people? As someone who like knows mm, her stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Not like as, as just me and my personality. No, me and my DIY skills. You know, I think I probably would. Mm. I think I've got an understanding of just like very basic engineering and I'm not Mm -hmm. comparing myself to anybody with like an engineering degree, but just how things go together and strengths and stuff. Um, which I think is certainly more than I had three years ago. Hmm. Um, and it's more than most people I would say as well. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, at least in this part of the world, because you might, you might be right that it depends where you are from. Like there might be places where, the only way you can get something like that is because of like your limited budget is just to do it yourself. So it really depends on where, where you are from, I guess, where you live. Yeah. There's a wonderful TV show on Apple TV called home and Hmm. it goes around interviewing usually architects, people who have like built their own home in a particularly distinctive way and it interviews them and talks about the process but also interviews like people who have studied their home as some kind Mm -hmm. of example and the most recent episode that I watched apologies in advance if you catch any of the sirens outside 
um, the most recent in, uh, episode I watched was set in India, and this woman had travel was traveling across India. Um, she was an architect, and she was very frustrated with the kind of limitations of mainstream architecture in India. Um, because they weren't solving any of the problems. They were Western designs put into an Indian climate and not serving the people, the community, mm. didn't solve any of the problems. And she went to uh, a town, and I can't remember what the town's, Oroville? Oroville is the city or the town, which was like an experiment town. It was a town designed to for people to do experiments with. So they yeah. played around with city planning and they played around mm. with architectural designs and it was really experimental. And she employed a bunch of local craftsmen to yeah. build her house. And she said something that she was really struck by was that these men didn't seem to face problems. And anyone who has worked with a tradesperson or really anyone is always like, right, well, we've got a problem. The materials they've delivered are the wrong size and we're going to have yeah. to go back to that. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, these men just did not think like that. If there was yeah. a problem, they found a solution because just, they were so yeah. used to not being able to go and get ex ex yeah. outside help. Um, it's, a, it's a great sort of trait to have. I mean, what, what, how could we describe it? Like being flexible or yeah. thinking outside the box or something. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Like a self-reliance as well. Just like, exactly. I will make this work, even if the solution I come up with mm -hmm. isn't, yeah. you know, so, the way that most people do it. So would you think that, would you agree that it, it, it comes down to your mindset it's all in your head like if you if you have that self-confidence and belief in yourself that you can make this happen and so you're ex like i guess some experience right um yeah, do you I think, think that there are a lot of like limiting beliefs people have because of perhaps one bad experience or or i don't know the, yeah, cu the culture they live in or something yeah i think it's a combination perhaps of yeah, as you say, like a bad experience or trying something out or just being a bit overwhelmed at the beginning. Mm. But also a real limitation, I think, is people being limited by what they've seen before. So okay. they can't make decisions about yeah. their kitchen, for example, that aren't exactly what all the other kitchens that they've seen before look like. Um, yeah. And I remember when we went to our first kitchen fitter like design meeting we ended up not going with this guy because we were describing what we wanted which used I think something like four or five cupboards and he was like mm, I'm gonna give you 11 as standard like, 11 <laughs> cupboard we don't want 11 we want five and then open shelving and space yeah. and he was like yeah. where are you gonna put your cling film if you've only got <laughs> shelves I was like we will find a place for cling film. Let us worry about cling film and foil and Tupperware and you just design the kitchen that we want. Yeah. <laughs> but mm -hmm. he was so limited by yeah. everybody else's kitchen. So I think that's a huge, a huge factor. I mean, when mm -hmm. we're like, we're trying to think of a way to bring a kind of temporary desk situation into our living room because my partner sometimes works from home, but not always. Mm -hmm. So we don't mm -hmm. want a permanent setup. Yeah. And we're thinking, okay, how can we build a desk that's sometimes a desk and sometimes not a desk? And I think you have to start from the idea that it is possible and mm. that you're looking for the solution yeah. that is definitely there as opposed yeah. to going, this is impossible. How are we going to fix this yeah. impossible situation? Yeah, of course, of course, there are some other aspects like how creative you are and 
so there's creativity, then there is like your general like what's the opposite of being clumsy? Like how skill how skillful you are, you know? Like yeah. some people tend to be a bit clumsy. Like they just yeah. drop things all the time and uh like yeah. many manual work sort of doesn't is not them. their domain <laughs> their strong suit, you know. So Yeah. Yeah, there is of course that aspect. That mm -hmm. aspect. But equally those are learned skills. So maybe you don't go straight into the most important kind of life-changing project because you might make a few <laughs> mistakes, but working up to it, you can learn skills. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic, Rhiannon. That's great. Um, okay, so if a listener were to take up DIY, uh, do you think um, they could sort of start by watching a YouTube video or which di in which direction would you point them? <laughs> YouTube, hundred percent YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, that yeah. has done. That has helped us with pretty much every single project we've ever worked on. I would say that, like, watch five or six YouTube videos, get an average, work out what the tips are that everybody's using, because those are going to be the things that are fundamental. Yeah. Um, as in, very as in, sorry to interrupt you. As in, if you watch just one video, and uh, you happen to be unlucky, and you find someone who doesn't know what they are talking about then <laughs> you might get yourself in trouble yeah yeah exactly and so many videos are like they might be trades people who are on a particular job and that particular job is going to have particular issues that they're solving and that might right. confuse you because you don't have yeah. those issues or vice versa that job yeah. doesn't have the issues that you have to deal with so mm -hmm. yeah get a good sample recognize that you might be doing the same job but you've got a slightly different material, so it's going to be a slightly different technique. Therefore, yeah. you know, just get an average average view. But YouTube has helped us do everything. So once, <laughs> so watch the video. I guess make notes. Mm -hmm. Buy all the material. Have b borrow tools or buy tools. Yeah. And then and then when you start working on it, do it. Put on your headphones <laughs> and listen to deep talk as well at the same time because that's. <laughs> That's that's how podcasts work, ladies and gentlemen. When doing DIY, you can listen to podcasts and you can Absolutely. kill two birds with one stone. You can have great time listening to podcasts like Deep Talk or Zdenex English Podcast and build your kitchen or whatever you're building. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Podcasts got me through painting. Painting is the most <laughs> boring job in the whole world. Yeah. Podcasts got me through it. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, excellent, Rhiannon. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank and, you so much um, for having me. Well, I hope to talk to you again in about 10 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, cheers. Take care. Thanks a lot for listening. For more information, go to Zdenex English Podcast Facebook group or visit zdenexenglishpodcast.podbean.com. Would you like to become more confident and fluent in English? Would you like to practice speaking regularly with international friends? Would you like to develop your communication skills? Would you like to get more exposure to English and great new routines which are bound to increase your English level? If your answers are yes, yes, yes and yes, then you should join the Achievers Chamber Discord group and take part in regular events and group lessons with me, Teachers Denek, and other members. 
In this brilliant and growing community, we have members at B1, B2, C1 and even C2 level. There are three different tiers of membership to choose from, basic, silver and gold, depending on your budget. Our members are from eight different countries. Bear in mind that most events and lessons take place in the evening of Central European time. For more details about the benefits of the membership and instructions on how to join, head over to teachersdenek.com.